Hello and welcome to the Black Eye Podcast. I'm your host, Michelle. How are you doing today? I hope things are going well for you. Oh my God, my thoughts and prayers go out to the people in Tornado Alley who have suffered loss. Amazon, I don't know what the fuck is wrong with you, but God, you know, I hope that the right judgment goes to the right place if everything they say about you is true. God, <laughs> anywho. Of course, thoughts and prayers go out to those families who suffered loss. I mean, babies have died from what is it, eight months to eighty-four years. It's 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 heartbreaking. And then to read uh, text messages from workers in an Amazon uh, building who said they weren't allowed to leave, um, you know, and the treatment of Amazon. Like I'm I'm pro business, you know, but I'm also pro the American worker. And, and the workers, because without the workers, these companies can't be shit. And um, if anything is remotely true, then Amazon ought to be sued to the yin-yang, out the ass, and all that crap. I'm sorry I'm being vulgar about this, but they, they, really, ought to, they really ought to go down for that. Um, but this is what's going on in the world. And I'll talk more about the, the tornado and everything. But um, I came across some things. And, and forgive me because my podcast is going to be a little disjointed because I made some recordings. But I never got around to actually um, producing an episode because my life has been a little bit hectic. Uh, my ear has been bothering me, as I probably talked about before. It's been popping in and out. I have days when I can hear fine and then I have days where it's just clogged up and I can't hear a thing and it's nothing that I didn't try as you know as far as antibacterial uh, drops and antifungal I don't know what the hell is going on but um, that's my story that's what's going on with me so I'm sorry if my podcast had some sound issues or whatever but you know that I am unedited and on you know unfiltered on whatever i came across something uh i was watching the hill the hill rising which is a uh, uh kind of like a podcast kind of thing it's not really a podcast but it's like a news organization that was uh <clears throat> excuse me um as i understand it to be uh conceived and and executed by crystal ball and Sagar sanji i believe his name is I should know because I've watched their new show, Breaking Points, very often, and I should be very much aware of what is going on with them. They are <clears throat> two people who are of opposite sides. He's a Republican, she's a Democrat. And they meet very much in the middle, and they agree on a great deal of, uh, of subjects. Um, they're not uh, yelling and screaming at each other, they're actually coming to the table and bringing uh, what we agree on more than we disagree on. I, I pretty much like the show, but that's what the first conception of the show was called Hill Rising, and they were the ones who were the stars of it, dynamic people. Um, they left under some, some circumstances. Um, I hear it wasn't very good, and um, they started their own thing. Crystal and Sagar, and in its place, they had uh, Kim Iverson. Well, they had a number of hosts, but mostly it was Ryan Grimm, 
And it was another young woman with glasses. I can't remember her name. I actually like her. I actually like her. She's a very sensible young lady. And uh, as time goes on, I will pop in and, and put her name in there. And um, Kim Iverson. But Kim Iverson came before her. And Kim Iverson um, is, I believe, a left uh, a person of the left. But she's a sensible person of the left. I believe I like her. I like her. I like her. Her takes on things. I like her pushback on the left's insanity, these mass mandates, these vaccine mandates, etc. Um, and for me, in my opinion, after Crystal and Sagar left and started their own thing, uh, she, in my opinion, kept me watching Hill Rising because Ryan Grimm is a bull. And the new kid who, I forgot his name again already, he's okay. But he's not, he's not entirely a bore, but he's okay. And um, he's a libertarian. Um, after a series of hosts, they come with, with him and Ryan and Kim Iverson. And Kim comes up with some stuff that Ryan Grimm and this young man consistently shoot down. She talked about, and I, I did, a, I did a part of a podcast, and I might air this because I think it was Monday. I came down into my lair, which is a basement, <laughs> and I talked about Dr. Fauci. And uh, I, I recall, I, I, I cite her on this because she was talking about Dr. Fauci's history of failure. And back in the AIDS time, I have, I have to go back. It's, it's a, uh, a flashback within a flashback. So forgive me if it's going to be a little, I'm going to run on a little bit. But she was talking about the 1980s. In the 1980s, we had another kind of disease, and it was called AIDS. And uh, Dr. Fauci was in charge then. He is the person who is in charge of the health and diseases and whatever he is in charge of now, also known as to some people as the Great Messiah. But anyhow, um, AIDS was ravaging through a community, people who were... Uh, Dying at like alarming rates. Now I was very young then, so I don't remember it offhand. But I remember like AIDS, the, the miscommunication about AIDS, the mis, uh, uh, you know how, how you people thought you could you breathe the air and you could get AIDS, and uh, it, it was a hard, it was a horrifying thing. And Dr. Fauci, who was the the head guy then, had a series of failures in which. Um, I forgot the guy's name. Let me look it up real quick because I, I think I had it here. I don't think I lost it. I hope I didn't. I think I did. But um, Larry something or other, and I'll go back and find that. And he wrote a letter to Dr. Fauci in which he's, he's cited Dr. Fauci for wasting time while people who were, who contracted AIDS were dying. And, uh, he was saying virtually that Dr. Fauci was um, deciding what drugs he liked and what drugs he didn't like. And I believe the words he used exactly was that Dr. Fauci was sitting on high deciding what drugs he liked and what drugs he didn't like instead of testing, which goes back to my whole thing in the previous uh, podcast that the way to stop the spread was to um, test. And um, so 
anyways, he, he was supposed to test the drugs. He was supposed to, you know, help people find the, the, the so-called cure for AIDS. And he didn't do that. He didn't test people. He didn't do that. Now, I, I have a podcast about that, uh, like a segment, and I will maybe link it into this to tie into what is um what what that's all about because i don't i'm not certain if i i've hit all the the notes i'm supposed to hit on that but anyways kim iverson did a piece on this and ryan Grimm and the young kid smacked her down and it resurfaces this article this letter that was written to dr fauci about his uh his failure to stop the AIDS virus and to help treat people with the AIDS virus and to help to find a cure of AIDS virus echoed what was going on with the current COVID-19 virus and how, you know, uh, in other countries, they're acknowledging that there is a immune, natural immunity that prevents you from, you know, getting COVID again. Um, there are drugs that are out there, uh, more vaccines that may be more effective than the vaccines that we have here, and how Dr. Fauci, in his great um, uh, godlike whatever, decides that these things are not worth exploring. That saving lives, really saving lives, because he thinks that he is doing this great job. Saving lives is not important, but I don't want to pound on him just now. I want to talk about Kim Iverson. And I want to play a bit for you um, that I just watched on on the Hill Rising about something she discovered uh, regarding the coronavirus and how Ryan Grimm and the young kid, which I you know Ryan, I don't know what his name is. I watch him; he's interesting, he's fun. I like him enough. I just don't like him enough to remember his name, sadly for me. But um. I thought this was interesting because this is like the second or third time that I've watched Kim Iverson talk about these things. And I watched Ryan Grimm, who is, by the way, you know, a renowned journalist and the other kids, too. He's a he's a libertarian. Um, and I got to get it right because, you know, it's important. I do like the kid. I do like him. But um, he's a renowned journalist and he is the very epitome of why people mistrust journalism. Because he, in my opinion, when I watch him, and he constantly annoys me, because he he never really embraces the idea that anything that is, is questions, anything that questions the status quo could be true. He never embraces that. But Ken, uh, comes up with these interesting quirks and the not, not quirks, but these interesting lines of questions and these interesting um, paths. And, and I'm going to play it. I'm going to play the, the audio. Um, and she comes up with this interesting thing that turns out to be not far from the truth. And I and I wonder about this because you know Ryan Grimm is the established person. This other kid, he's also an established writer. Uh, Kim, of course, is an established. He has a podcast and whatever. And there's something to be said about what she's talking about, what is being talked about. And even though The Hill Rising is supposed to be this out of, um, out of a mainstream media, media, how mainstream media 
has infiltrated the independent media in order to kind of just smack down anything that it smells of what they would deem misinformation and untruth. Even though at some point there's some valid things that need to be answered for the regular people. And um, they don't answer those questions. They don't answer those questions. Forgive me, I had to take a short break. But uh, they don't answer those questions. They they smack it down. And how, you know, CNN is going into streaming and all that kind of stuff, and I'm not going to get into that. But I really wanted you to listen to this. And I wanted to know, and I want to feedback, because I want to know if you feel about this the same way I feel about this, how mainstream media is infiltrating um, independent media and smacking down any questions that legitimate people might have about what's going on in the world. So let me just um, play it, the clip, and then we'll go ahead and kind of talk about it. Oh, hold on one second. Hold on one second. Let me just put away all my gear. Yeah, so they smack her down. They they give her the old heave-ho. They make her sound like she's a conspiracy theorist. They they talk to her as if she is um, out of her freaking gourd, and that she's in. And they don't give her the opportunity to speak. And this is. This is it. Okay, I'm ready now. Here we go. Let me turn it up. The best way to do that was to not have a protocol for treatment. It's not just my idea. Now it's completely laid out by the book by Dr. Pam Popper, the book recently published by Peter Bregan, uh, COVID-19 and the Global Predators, We Are the Prey. I wrote one of the uh, introductions. Dr. Lee Fleet and Dr. Vladimir Rosenko wrote the other introductions. These books are basically nonfiction. They have a thousand citations in the Bregan book showing how it was coordinated and planned. Now Bobby Kennedy has his book out, The Real Anthony Fauci. I'm the most uh, mentioned physician in that book. I can tell you that if you want to find the evidence that Moderna was working on the vaccine before the virus ever emanated out of the lab, if you wanted to find the, the collusions and the operations between the Gates Foundation and Gavi and Seppi and Pfizer and Moderna and the vaccine manufacturers and the Wuhan lab, and the National Institutes of Health, and Ralph Barrick, and University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill, and how all this was organized. If you want to see the Johns Hopkins planning seminar called the SPARS pandemic in 2017, where they had a symposium, people showed up, they wrote up their symposium findings, they published this. It says it's going to be a coronavirus. It's going to be related to MERS and SARS. It's going to come over here to the United States. It's going to shut down cities and frighten people. There's going to be confusion regarding a drug hydroxychloroquine or ivermectin, and we're going to utilize all that in order to railroad the population into mass vaccination. It's laid out in the Johns Hopkins SPARS pandemic training seminar. The only thing they got wrong was the year. They said it was going to be 2025. Instead, it landed a few years early. So McCullough also claimed that therapeutics had been approved to treat infected patients. Uh, had therapeutics been approved to treat infected patients, 85% of deaths could have been prevented. But that suppression of early treatments was ultimately to, pro, to, to promote mass vaccination. Um, I haven't gotten a chance to actually watch this entire interview yet, the full entire interview. I don't know if you guys had a chance, Robbie and uh, Ryan, if you guys had a chance to watch this. But um, 
you know, really interesting. I do. I, I, I'm not sure what I think about what he's asserting about this being kind of a planned thing. I know a lot of people have thought that um, there there is a lot of interesting, um, you know, parallels with some of these kind of um, or, you know, when you watch these sort of they have those planned conventions that are like, OK, what would we do in the event of? And a lot of it looks like what's happening now. I've always kind of took it as well. The war yeah, games. So, well, I always took it as this was the, what they, you know, it's kind of like disaster um, preparedness, right? When they yeah. say, okay, an earthquake's coming, what do you do? Well, you stand in the doorways. I guess you could look at the manual and say, oh my gosh, they planned the earthquake. They knew it was coming because everybody stood in the doorway, like the pamphlet said, but it's like everybody stood in the doorway because they were preparing for an emergency. So I've kind right, of thought yeah, of it exactly. maybe like, like that. Right. We had the plague. We had Black Death. We, we had the, the Spanish flu in 1919. And then we had MERS, SARS, bird flu. Like we have entire agencies that are organized around defending against pandemics. Like a pandemic is not a thing that just showed up in 2019. Right. And, and the world is out of control. The world is scary. And so for people who are frightened, you have these people like McCullough who come to them and say, Actually, it's not out of control. Don't worry. In fact, it's all being controlled by Bill Gates and Johns Hopkins and the military in North Carolina and Moderna. And they got together and they planned all of this because it makes people feel better if they can feel like at least somebody's planning this. Right. Because then they're not just living in the chaotic, atomized modern world that they're living in. And so they just they run for comfort and McCullough will be a little bit careful about exactly how he puts it. But the people who receive it are like, oh, Bill, Bill Gates did, right. this at, did this at Johns Hopkins. Right. And he is I, I don't know this guy very well. So I just looked up his Wikipedia page and he apparently, you know, has said things that are not true. Like a lot. Like, right. yeah, yeah, he's we, a, I, he's I, saying hydroxychloroquine. Here's a warning to people. Here's a, here's a yeah. warning to people. Anytime somebody tells you how many citations there are in something. Yeah, that is run, a red flag. That run, is a run very uh, well, I agree completely. Yeah, that's a. But I don't. Yeah, I don't know anything. if we should. I don't know if we should be trusting necessarily Wikipedia when they label people misinformation. So I don't think that's fair. I think they've been labeling a lot of people who've been giving actual true information as misinformation. I think Wikipedia that. does that. I, I agree with you about like Twitter and uh, Wikipedia is generally pretty accurate. But so so what I was gonna say though so. Yeah, he, he, the idea, I, I mean, I, I agree with you, Ryan. The, the idea that it's this planned conspiracy is not right. But but the idea he's getting at there that a lot of people could have been saved, that deaths could have prevented if there were more therapeutics hitting the market faster, if there had been tests hitting the markets faster, that if, if the yeah. even if the vaccines were special, that's all correct. But it's not. It wasn't a. It wasn't a purposeful conspiracy to harm people or to herd them like sheep or cattle or whatever compliant animal down some other path. It's just the incompetence of our of our of our federal bureaucrats. It's it's their laziness, their incompetence, the 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 kind of. Uh, benign, not benign, but not purposeful. Just nor right. just corruption of the well, of the of the system of the people. Uh, they it take it took so long to get all this right. stuff, and that has resulted in a lots of unnecessary deaths. We're gonna have unnecessary deaths between now and Paxlovid hitting the markets because of because of incompetence. Well, so it, in it's just to, not a conspiracy. <laughs> okay, in fairness to Dr. McCullough, the hour that I did watch, I didn't get to watch the whole two and a half hours, but the hour that I did watch, he did say that he did say that. 
the reason why the therapeutics weren't getting out there, because Rogan asked him, is, do you think that was like a conspiracy to get people mass vaccinated? Why they weren't allowing for more data research on the therapeutics that they were demonizing, such as hydroxychloroquine and ivermectin and others that were out there. And he said, no, he, from his inside sources, they were just incompetent. The powers that be, the health officials, they just weren't, you know, they work for us. They're our health authorities. They should be studying things on our behalf and they weren't they just kind of put all the eggs in the vaccine basket and sort of ignored anything else that could have potentially saved lives and that is pretty scandalous i mean like i said the rest of the stuff he talks about i'm not willing to just discount it like you guys are i'm willing to say i'm willing to look at i mean i i don't see any evidence of that happening i also don't see evidence of it not happening yet so i'm willing to say it's possible what he's claiming but, you know, I think everything that anybody claims is somewhat possible until we prove it for sure to not be. But, you know, a lot of his uh, but I do think the biggest point he made during this segment that I watched was that why weren't why weren't the how that health authorities doing more to help the people that already got COVID? They were so focused and we've been so focused during this entire pandemic on vaccinate, vaccinate, vaccinate. And it didn't help the millions of us who got COVID when there were no vaccines available. So what do you and, and the millions of people who are now getting it who I mean, are vaccinated? So what I mean, do we they, do? Yeah, I mean, they manipulated the different treatment. Uh, the treatment therapies that they that they could to, you know they put people on ventilators they did every this was a very tricky and tough disease it, it first appeared that it was you know mostly just respiratory then it turned out actually it may may have, may be much more vascular than it is respiratory it, and if hydroxychloroquine and ivermectin you know legitimately worked and could be demonstrated to work doctors would be prescribing it we and we we understand now what happened with ivermectin ivermectin you know basically deals with worms. And so when they were giving it to people in, in, in Bangladesh and Africa and in a lot of places, right, it was Asia, helping. It was helping because it was killing off the worms they had, right. which made their body better and able to fight COVID. So it did in a weird way work, but it's I mean, not like if you prescribe it to some just, of the US. That was this now. huge mystery because they're like, yeah. we're seeing studies, we're seeing clinical studies here that shows that it ha actually does have some effectiveness in yeah. But, but yet it doesn't have effectiveness in the United States. What is the yeah. problem here? And so a lot of people were like, oh, obviously it's a conspiracy. Right. No, it turns out we don't have a lot of worms here in the United States. And yeah. so. It, I mean, we don't know for sure that it was killing the worms and that's why it was helping. We do know it killed worms. Theory. Like that's what ivermectin we does. Do it's very good at it. it didn't the guy win a Nobel yeah. Prize for it? But we, but we, I don't think we can also, make an assertion. Also, why are people so confident that the thing beats COVID, but we're not confident that it kills worms? It's no, we're confident kill it kills worms. worms. Wait, wait, wait. We're confident it kills worms. That's what ivermectin does. It won a Nobel right. Prize for that. So if it, it kills, kills the worms, it, people are going we to feel better. We don't know if the reason why people were getting better with COVID had worms. I think it's like, how can you mass assert that they all had worms? Because, and that's because we have studied those populations and we know that the, that the, the, the concentration I think, I think of people pretty, with worms is extremely high. I think it's a pretty plausible theory. Right. Uh, but I mean, the, the, the point is, I, the, you know, they're... they're People like McCullough, uh, I, I, you know, they they have they have said things that have not that have not borne out. But that's also true of a lot of main you know mainstream sources of information about COVID. So I think some people who are a little bit more on the fringe, you know, they get frustrated. Like, why are we being labeled misinformation when like the New York Times is 
is casting doubt on boosters in an effort to keep masking in place forever. Like, I completely believe they're doing that. The New York Times is dedicated to that project, or at least its lead COVID right. reporter is. And and they deserve criticism for that. But then also that doesn't mean that, like, no, just all mainstream sources are wrong about everything. And you should only listen to fringe people because the fringe people right. have also been wrong about a lot. And We've all been wrong right. no matter how, how much res- level of respectability we, we get or deserve. We have all been wrong. Right. And what? Okay. About we're, something. We're told we got to go. Okay. Uh, all right. <laughs> Tomorrow on Rising, Nomiki Konst and Emily Jashinsky will join us for Team Rising. And Insider's Deputy Washington Bureau. Yeah. So I'm pissed off. I'm pissed off. Tim, Tim comes up. He came up with the failures of Dr. Fauci. And I, I, I did a segment. I did it on Monday and I, I didn't produce because it didn't fit in with what I was. Uh, I'm trying to get like a cohesive kind of podcast here. But yeah. So this is them pouncing on Kim, dismissing Kim, uh, who, by the way, uh, and, and uh, made a, a valid point. Again, I encourage you to go watch the Joe Rogan experience and listen to the full interview yourself. I have not yet done so, but from what I heard, um, uh, it's worth a listen. It's worth a listen. Um, and just for the, and then I'm going to come back because I'm going to take a quick break and then I'm going to come back. But just for the listen, like ivermectin is also an antifungal, if I recall. Now, if I'm wrong about that, I will correct it in the next segment. But it, ivermectin doesn't just kill worms. It kill. it's an antifungal. So whatever SARS or this COVID-19 thing is, and, and, and by the way, how racist are these effing people, okay? Anybody who comes to me and tells me that racism does not exist, this is a prime example of racist bullshit, okay? Because they're talking to people in India. And I will pull up uh, a video or, or something, because I, I remember watching it, how um, in the third world countries, okay, uh, when you test positive, because they have a lot of testing there for uh, COVID-19, they send you a kit, and in the kit is ivermectin, some other pills, some, there's a whole kit there. And you have to call in, I think, twice a day. I'm going to look it up. I'll bring it up in the next segment. Um, and you have to let, you know, they what the professional goes over with you is your oxygen levels and some other things that they go over with you. And if your oxygen levels are meeting uh, the requirements, then you don't have to go to the hospital. It's not like here in the United States, this first world country where the pharmaceuticals decide when you get to, um, when you because decide you have to have the vaccine in order to be well. But these people treat the actual COVID-19. They actually treat you. And if and when you need to go to the hospital, they tell you so. And they make ready for you. They don't flood their hospitals with people uh, or they don't wait until you can't breathe in order for you to be sick. It's the same thing that Ron DeSantis did. He treated people. He, he, he concentrated on treating people who were sick. He concentrated on vaccinating people who weren't sick. And as a result, uh, COVID-19, even in this time with the Delta variant running rapid in other places, he has the lowest um, COVID-19 cases per capita. Now, 
I'm going to take a quick break because I have to run off somewhere. And I will come back in the next segment and we will talk about some really interesting things. Um, uh, I'm going to fact check ivermectin because I, as I understood ivermectin to be, it's an antifungal, not just a, wor- a dewormer. And um, uh, I'll also talk more about uh, what happens in third world countries and how they prescribe um, ivermectin as part of a therapeutic, as part of treatment for COVID-19. And uh, I'll be right back after these messages. Stay tuned. You are listening to the Black Eye Podcast. Hello and welcome back to the second segment of my podcast. I'm sorry I had to sh- cut the first segment short. Uh, I thought it was much earlier than it was and it turned out to be later than it was. So I had to stop and take a break, go take care of my mom and that kind of stuff. But um, in the meantime, I was doing my research and uh, thinking about the first segment of the podcast and just clarifying what... Um, I was really talking about in the first segment, which was the hill rising. Now, for those of you, I don't know if you know or don't know, but the hill rising, uh, as I recall, was started by Crystal Ball and Sangra and Jadi. And what they want to do is under the umbrella of the hill, which is like corporate media in and of itself. And what they did was they wanted to go outside of mainstream media they wanted to actually not be partisan the saga is on the right and uh crystal is on the left but they wanted to go outside mainstream media uh and they wanted to just talk about what people really cared about uh without all the 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 vitriol that uh controls politics today and um um uh, so they they started this show it's a great show um they're, they're not partisan they're great people and uh, that was crystal and Sager. and for some reason uh i guess the hill was trying to uh control their content or something like that and crystal and Sager uh later ran uh you know they they left <laughs> i say they ran Listen to me. They they left. They left to start their own uh, show, which is called um, Breaking Points, which is a very similar show, but it's independent and they don't have any uh, uh, main any corporates uh, leaning over them or 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 telling them what to talk about and how not to talk about it or anything like that. So. Um, Saga and Jetty. I was I was correct. Uh, thank God. I know. I remember his name. I like I like the show. I watch Rising. I used to watch Rising, um, and I still kind of do watch Rising. And they since Saga and Crystal left, um, they had a myriad of new hosts. Eventually, said settling or uh, you know, I guess making it work that they have um, Ryan Grimm, who is an established mainstream media writer. Uh, 
I forgot who the other guy is. Oh, Lord. <laughs> Why don't I ever remember? Robbie something or other. And, um... Uh... Whatever his name is. I can't remember. His name. I know his first name is Robbie. I don't know what his second name But he's a libertarian. Robbie is a libertarian. And, um... The Shining Light, who, you know, and they had, they settled on Ryan Grimm, and then they had a myriad of second hosts, and then they had, um, Kim, Kim Iverson, who, you know, I didn't really know what Kim Iverson's uh, affiliation was. I just recently found out that she is very strongly on the left, but I didn't know that at the time because she really spoke a lot of sense. And uh, I was talking about how mainstream media uh, dislikes independent media because Rising started out to be independent media and now it seems more corporate than ever. And the sign of that is Ryan Grimm, who, uh, as I uh, ran a piece in, you know, read a, set, uh, a portion of in the portion of their show in the previous segment. Um, constantly, constantly defends and stands guard over the status quo. So whenever Kim, Kim Iverson, who, you know, is a, a person on the left, uh, she's, she's sensible, she's smart, she comes from a, an honest place, so I have enormous respect for her, even though sometimes I don't agree with everything that she says, but I have enormous respect for her. And um, whenever she comes up to something, a piece that uh, challenges the status quo. Uh, Ryan Grimm and Robbie, whatever his name is, decide that they want to smack her down. And in the previous podcast, I played the section of the pod, of, of their show on YouTube in which uh, she was ceremoniously smacked down. She asked actually some relevant questions. And uh, it was about Dr. McCullough, who was on Joe Rogan's show, who was speaking about how the pandemic was sort of planned and how they knew it was coming and how they didn't plan to um, treat people who already had COVID. And so the, the, the conversation went on to ivermectin and he, Ryan Grimm said, you know, ivermectin treats worms, you know, implying that, you know, people who take ivermectin have worms and that's why they felt better because, uh, you know, uh, if they take ivermectin to in a part of a therapeutic uh, regime to treat worms, that uh, to treat COVID, that it was because they had worms, and that worms, uh, you know, most of the people who treat who had it, COVID, and got ivermectin uh, had worms, and that's why they were feeling better. So I was outraged. I was really outraged about this, and they um, together uh, decided to smack give Kim the old smackdown to interrupt her when she was speaking, to uh, invalidate her points, and to uh, systematically tear down uh, a very valid question she was asking about why aren't uh, people being treated who have COVID. And so it got me to thinking about some questions about what ivermectin is in the third world countries, uh, India and other countries, uh, people are using or doc, you know, are using ivermectin to help treat COVID-19. And um, 
Let me just look this up because I was just I, I just had it while I was upstairs. And I felt that mainstream media had somehow snuck into independent media and made it so that any dissent or any questions that people from independent media might have would be smacked down and uh, ceremoniously discarded. And uh, I was on my way to talking, making another point about it. Uh, CNN is coming into the streaming service, uh, even though they despise Joe Rogan. And so now they want to come into the streaming service because um, Joe Rogan gets more audience and people, more people listen to Joe Rogan than they listen to CNN because now the news media is no longer a viable source of information. You will not get the full truth from um, people or, or so-called journalists in mainstream media. And the rising, which had promised before Saga and Crystal left the show, um, before they left, they had promised because, you know, you, you sit down and listen to them because, you know, people are not as rabid as we are being painted to be. Most of us are centrist, you know, and we want to solve the problems and we want to get big money out of politics and we want to, you know, uh, have someone run this country who really care about the people, the true constituents, which are the people, the working class people. And we don't want politicians who are going to sell us down the line and give us a bunch of gook and nonsense and, and, you know, destroy our cities, NAFTA, and all that garbage. We want people who care about us. And this is why Donald Trump hit so well with working class people, not just white people, but all working class people, because we understood that we needed somebody to talk about us, not marginalize us, not demonize us, not say, oh, you're clinging to guns and God. Who else are we going to cling to? Because God knows the government has screwed us over too many times. But anyways, uh, this was pretty much about uh, that that uh, particular episode and how Robbie and um, uh, uh, Ryan Grimm um, you know, systematically slap you down and how I think they are truly meant to, um, that they're the guards who stand in the way of what's going on. Now, I'm sorry, because I just trailed off. I had uh, India's treatment of COVID-19, which included ivermectin. And I wanted to read that, and that happened in May. Yeah. So scientists wanted to criticize and improving drugs in, in India. India, in India, in May, uh, Uh, I'm sorry. All of a sudden, I'm getting hit with uh, all this other kind of stuff. Uh, 
when it comes to India using uh, ivermectin. And they have their scientists, and they said it uh, ivermectin was uh, proven to work. Uh, and so now they're criticizing India for using ivermectin in uh, and the, the, the World Health Organization is like you shouldn't be using this it you know it all smells like a con- conspiracy um Joe Rogan, when he spoke about uh, contracting COVID, spoke of like a series of treatments that he took. Um, They were all therapeutic, and ivermectin was one of the treatments. Um, So I'm looking over what's been happening in India, uh, which I find very interesting because. This is interesting. So they say here that this this particular article is um, plummeting in India. But the the claim, and this is the fact check, uh, and this happened in May, that ivermectin was not working uh, on in India, uh, and they want to they want to slam slam it so this happened in in because I, I remember i think this was on uh youtube a doctor a doctor was actually outlining the different um and i can't find his his video anywhere so you take that with a grain of salt um he was talking about the protocols that india was taking this is how i know about it and you know how uh india uh when they when people are tested positive for COVID, they send them therapeutics, and in the therapeutics there are a couple of drugs. He whether he agreed with them or didn't agree with them, but he said, you know, they're therapeutics, and people are you know required to take these drugs, and then they're required to call in or something to that effect, and then um, over the phone, uh, a medical professional monitors their oxygen intake or something of that effect, and you know. Then they decide whether uh, a person or uh, the infected or the, you know, the person with the case um, should go to the hospital. They don't wait until they can't breathe like they do here in the United States. So um, it says here, it's called health feedback. It says no data available to suggest a link between India's reduction in COVID-19 cases and the use of ivermectin. And we know that they use it because uh, they were criticized by the World Health Organization and by the United States for using um, ivermectin as an unproven drug against COVID-19. And as a result, uh, uh, India said that they had, you know, their cases dropped. But um, they're saying now that there is flawed reasoning. So I'm going to read that. I'm going to read this whole thing. And they said the verdict is, um, yeah, hydrococotin. They use that. That's it. Hydroxychloroquine. That's it. Hydroxychloroquine. That's what they put in there. Ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine. Um, so this was the claim. 
Coronavirus cases are plummeting in India thanks to new rules that promote ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine. It is now indisputable fact that ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine, you know it is, essentially kill COVID-19 within hours or days. And then the verdict is, is unsupported. And then it goes inadequate support. And this is the... um, this is the fact check. It says inadequate support. Epidemiological data from other countries that recommended ivermectin suggests that ivermectin didn't slow down the rate of new infection as of May 2021. It didn't slow down. Nobody ever said that it did slow down the rate of new infection. It was to treat people who were already infected. But let, um, uh, let me not mess up the, uh, the article here. As of May 2021, there isn't reliable clinical evidence indicating that ivermectin is ivermectin is beneficial in preventing or curing COVID-19. The article doesn't provide new evidence supporting a casual link between the recommendation to use ivermectin and the decrease of cases. And then it goes as far as reasoning. If ivermectin were responsible for the reduction of cases, the slowdown of disease spreading should be observed after guidelines released. And then uh, it goes on to say coronavirus cases are plummeting in India thanks to new rules that promote ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine to its massive population. It is now indisputable fact that ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine essentially kill COVID-19 within hours of date. That was the full claim. And the review was, starting mid-March 2021, India experienced a massive second wave of COVID-19 cases as of May 20, 2021. There have been more than 25 million confirmed cases and almost 300,000 registered deaths in India since the beginning of the COVID-19 pandemic. In the midst of the second wave, the Indian Council of Medical Research updated its COVID-19 guidelines on 17th of May and started suggesting ivermectin and hydrochloroquine as optional treatments for mild COVID-19 cases. But ivermectin and hydrochloroquine were touted as potential treatments for COVID-19. Both. However, international health agencies such as the World Health Organization pointed out that lack of clinical evidence supporting such expectations. An earlier guideline issued by India's Ministry of Health and Family Welfare, Welfare and from the 28th of April 2021 also suggested that ivermectin treatment would be used for patients with mild COVID-19 and hydro, hydro, hydroxychloroquine could be used by close contacts and caregivers of COVID-19 patients to prevent COVID-19. Uh, uh, hydroxychloroquine uh, had been included in India's guideline as a prophylaxis since at least May 2020, but ivermectin has only recently added to the guidelines this year. According to the data analysis and visualization, visualization site, our world in data, which collects health data from official sources, the number of daily new COVID-19 in India peaked on May 9th and began to decline since then. Observing the short time window between ivermectin's addition to the guidelines and the reduction in cases, some media outlets, such as Gateway Pundit, claim that coronavirus cases are plummeting in India thanks to the new rules that promote ivermectin and hydrocox. Uh, I hate that word. This the H stuff. <laughs> hydrocox, hydroxychloroquine to its massive population. 
However, such a claim is unsupported by epidemiological and clinical evidence, as we explained below. And so, here we have it. Uh, the World Health Organization uh, they they want to discredit ivermectin and they're trying to do so through India and the article goes on to read and this is from me uh, that uh, ivermectin really had no effect on the declining cases and that um, it was unproven, and basically that uh, ivermectin should not have been touted or um, used in the treatment of this population. Even though, even though uh, there was, in, in India's mind anyways, a direct correlation between using uh, ivermectin and the, the protocols that um, the cases in India dropped overall. But what is the big deal about ivermectin? And why, why is it not being touted in uh, in the Western world? Why is it being discounted? Why are, and I guess the, the bigger argument should be and is still, why are mainstream media pundits or mainstream media uh, people invading the independent news media? So I'm all over the place here. Uh, but anyways, that was my thought on that. Ivermectin was being used in India. Um, and the reason why I, I put that there is because Ryan Grimm says that the people had worms, and that's why ivermectin was used because of worms you know they killed the worms and they helped people feel better with COVID and Kim was trying to argue that how could you say there was no evidence that people had worms but I, I made this point because uh, CNN is trying to get into the streaming business MSNBC is trying to get into the streaming business everybody wants to get into that streaming business because now uh, people you know the public is turning against mainstream media and this is a classic example of what's happening when you see uh old world ignorant people uh hold on to their you know who, who proclaim to be journalists and ryan grimm is a journalist I, you know i won't take away his i don't think he has integrity but i won't take away his 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 title as journalist but um this is what you get you get uh old school journalists nice and i don't want to put race in it but i'm going to i'm going to insinuate it in in this particular incident white people who have no issues with the government they have no issues whatsoever they really believe what they're being told and they they claim they do their research and they claim to be journalists but they don't uh, they don't dig any deeper than the surface and there are more questions to be asked. The public, us, the American people, the world, demand more answers. More answers than what the politicians are trying to give us. 
more answers than Dr. Fauci is trying to give us and more answers than what the mainstream media is trying to give us. And it's no longer acceptable. For, and, and what gets me is, do you remember when uh, Wikipedia was not considered, you, you couldn't use Wikipedia? Okay, so Robbie, and, and this is what gets me in this particular, uh, this particular segment. He goes on to uh, look on Dr. McCullough, because Dr. McCullough is on Joe Rogan, and this is a two and a half hour podcast. I think you should listen to it and make up your own mind. I haven't listened to the entire thing myself, but you should go out there and listen to it for yourself and make up your own mind. But Robbie, whatever his name is, I only know him as Robbie, goes on Wikipedia and says, oh, I looked on his Wikipedia page, and Wikipedia um, says that he is not accurate, that he is not this. And uh, so Wikipedia, which for years has not been thought of as a as an accurate page, you know, school students can't use uh, uh, Wikipedia in their reports. They have to actually uh, do their work. Hold on just a second, Wikipedia. Uh, so he says, like, Wikipedia is pretty accurate about Mr. McCullough, even though Wikipedia is has been known to uh, call out misinformation for people who actually told the truth, which Kim Iverson pointed out. And he then dismisses her by saying, oh, well, um, Wikipedia is pretty accurate, which we all know that Wikipedia is not a sound source of information. Anybody can go into Wikipedia and write something about a person or add some information or take some or erase some or edit any kind of information about any kind of person, at least. Yeah, so they said Wikipedia's uh, rate was 80%. So he goes, Wikipedia is pretty accurate. I remember when Wikipedia wasn't that accurate. I remember that. So I'm looking at this now in August 2020. Wikipedia is Wikipedia accurate. Much has been said and major peer contributions uh, will lead to poor accuracy. System is widespread contribution without adequate credentialing or con contributors will lead to poor accuracy and poor reliability of information. Some studies contradict the conventional wisdom. Others confirm it. Wikipedia entries often contain many references. Editors of the Wikipedia page have read those sources and summarized the content and added to the Wikipedia entry. The Wikipedia editor able to understand. So, I don't know. You know. But, you know, Dr. McCullough is a doctor. Whether you, whatever side you uh, fall on this uh, this pandemic, which I'm getting pretty tired of. I think next segment we're going to talk about how one sensible Democratic president, uh, president, not president, there are no sensible, sensible Democratic uh, presidents, but one sensible, excuse me, Democratic governor said that he was ending the emergency, uh, whatever it is, protocols for, for COVID-19 
and he's putting an end to it. He's gonna he's not gonna enact any mass mandates, he's not gonna enact any vaccine mandates. He's done. And uh I think this is good news for people uh in that state because it is time. People are weary and um I don't know. What do you think? What do you think about what I said? Does it make any sense to you? Have, have I been coherent? Because I had a lot of thoughts on it. And I've been in and out to thinking and going on about it. And you know I don't edit. So I hope this makes any kind of sense, some kind of sense to you. My point was really about how Ryan Grimm and Robbie, God, I can't remember his name, uh, are the old guards um, infiltrating independent media and smacking down any questions. And Kim Iverson is like the new school kind of journalist who's like asking questions about why aren't we treating more people who contract uh, COVID-19? Why are we uh, putting in all these mandates? Why are we doing? These are questions. And whenever she brings up these questions, and that's just a prime example, um, the the old guard Ryan Grimm and Robbie whatever his name is Suarez or whatever his name is Suarez whatever um, constantly smack her down and I was just wondering you know it seems to be in just to be uh uh um on the side here you know they're constantly smacking her down uh people react to this they really do they don't like it. Um, you know, it gets to the point that the only segments I really watch are Kim's segments. Kim is the heart of the show. I like Kim. Um, I don't agree with Kim on everything, but you know, I like her. I like her spirit. I like that she questions. I like that she doesn't take everybody's word for anything, that she's her own person. And, um, I just wonder, you know, the Hill, in my opinion, has proven itself to be um, a corporate media shill, and they're not really about independent information. They really are about preserving the status quo. Anyway, if you've been with me this long and I've been babbling on, if I made any sense to you, I thank you for listening. Um, I'm going to take a quick break. I'm going to be right back after these messages. You have just heard the Black Eye Podcast. If you would like to contact me, you can do so through Twitter at MHB1070, on Instagram at My1029, that's M-H-I-G-H-1029, excuse me, or on Patreon at theblackeyepodcast.com. If you would like to donate to the podcast, you can do so through Stripe. Any donation helps me make better content and bring it to you. Thank you.